One of CBP's strengths is that it's comprised of people from many different backgrounds. Each employee brings their own skill set to the overall mission, their own strengths derived from individual life experiences. This podcast is a way for us to tell CBP's story in an open and honest way, and maybe from a perspective that you haven't heard before. But to tell the story of CBP, the full story, we have to drill down and look inward to the stories of those that comprise CBP. So this episode, we bring you one of those stories. It comes from Tanisha Cherry, a published author, poet, international motivational speaker, entrepreneur, and assistant director of field operations from the Detroit field office. She holds many titles, which is impressive, but the real story, what's most impressive, is all that she had to overcome to get to where she is today. And just being born to a mother addicted to heroin, being born with heroin in my system, never knowing my father, never never meeting him, never even knowing his name. My earliest childhood memory was living in an abandoned apartment building where we used to have to put old food cans on the windowsill when it rained just to get water to drink. My brother's father's family came for him and my sister's father's family came for her, but nobody came for me. And so I didn't have that. And so I spent a lot more time with my mother than my brother and sister did. And so it was very common for us to go somewhere and for her to say, you know what, I'll be back. I'm going to the store. And she wouldn't come back for days and days and days. And somebody be forced to try to, you know, have to take care of me when they didn't even agree to, you know, anything like that. At the time that my aunt was getting her first apartment, I was actually staying, living with one of my other aunts or not necessarily living as far as permanent, but I just was there because that's where my mother left me. Um, And my aunt was only 18. And I was eight years old. And um, I remember begging her to take me with her. And she was only 18. And she literally, (laughs) who does that? She chose to attempt to raise an eight-year-old girl at 18. (laughs) So she definitely um, is one of the most influential people in my life because she she made a choice, you know, and the ripple effect of that choice is a part of who I am today. You know, some things happened where, you know, it it didn't work out when I was eight because, you know, she was 18 and she was trying and she enrolled me in school and she didn't really have any money and she really didn't know what to do and And so I wind up going back into foster care. And, you know, I do remember her promise to me is that I'm going to come for you. And although it took four years, you know, she literally came for me. And even then she was only 22 and I was 12. 
And she got me out of that foster home. And she raised me from that point forward. Now and forevermore, like one of the uh, most influential people in my life. So Tanisha lived with her aunt, finally having some stability to her life. She grew up, finished high school, and entered into college. And then one summer, she decided to take an internship with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And so what actually happened, um, the internship was in California. And here I am from Detroit, and I don't know anything about the Fish and Wildlife Service, and I don't know anything about California. I don't know anything about anything, but I do know that this is an opportunity. I was smart enough to understand that this was an opportunity, and it probably was an opportunity that I was going to get again. I jumped at it, and so they set me up at um, California Dominguez Hills. I stayed uh, on campus there, and I did my internship, and I might have been like a GS2 or something. I don't know. What I wound up realizing is that um, the Fish and Wildlife Service was heavily focused on actual animals, actual wildlife, actual, you know, and I, I don't even like animals. Not that I hate animals, but who knew that you would actually have to physically inspect animals coming in from other countries? I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know anything about anything. I just knew it was an opportunity. So here I am, you know, out at LAX and I got this little knife and I'm going to check these boxes of, you know, reptiles coming in and who knew that there were, you know, five different types of turtles and and, and again, I am not an insect or animal type person, right? Like that is just not. And so, but what I realized going to LAX, there were some people there that I noticed every time I went, when I found out who those people were, they were customs officers. You know, I, I, I felt like they had such a sense of pride in what they were doing and, you know, and not that I didn't. I wasn't thankful for the opportunity with Fish and Wildlife, but I just could see myself doing that. And that's how I learned about the, the custom service was while I was in LA. And I'm like, huh, why did they have that in, you know, Detroit? Her choice to join customs wasn't an easy one to make. She knew it was a great opportunity that could change everything, but she had just given birth to her son, and joining would require her to leave her newborn to attend training at the academy. She struggled with that decision, but she knew what she had to do. But I knew that it was something that I needed to do to make sure that he had the type of future that he deserved. CBP has been so good to me. You know, the opportunities that I've had, the life that I've built for myself and for my children, you know, making those difficult choices when none of that was expected of me in the first place, it wasn't just for me. It was for my children's children's children. 
And whereas, you know, my earliest childhood memory was growing up in an abandoned apartment building where we did not have food and we didn't have running water. We didn't have all those things. My children will never know that life. They will never experience that type of pain and hurt. But somebody had to break the cycle. And although it wasn't always easy, but I knew what I was made of. And again, I knew that it was something that I had to do if I wanted a better life for them. And now they couldn't even fathom. Listen, we live in a five-bedroom house in an in-ground swimming pool in the backyard. They don't know. <laughs> they will never know. <laughs> they will never know that type of suffering. They will never know that type of pain. They will never know that type of abandonment. They will never know that. It wasn't always easy and it wasn't always fun, but it was certainly worth it. The seeds you plant today, that will determine the crop that you will have tomorrow. So do what you have to do today so you can do what you want to do tomorrow. Do what you have to do today. You, you Do what you have to, because that's going to open the door of opportunity so you can do what you want to do tomorrow. When I think back over my life, when I think about childhood, I remember so many days dreaming of this day. You know, I remember so many days dreaming of a day when I would be strong and I would be courageous and I would be empowered and I would have all the things I want in life and I would be successful and I would have a family and I would and I spent so many days dreaming of a better tomorrow that it got me through my today, no matter what the circumstances were. And so, you know, I've always felt like I would get there one day. And I always, you know, like I was just as hungry as everybody else. I was just as, you know, dirty as everybody else. I was just as, you know, I was in the same circumstances as everybody else, but I always felt like I was better than my circumstances. And I don't know if that's something you're born with. I don't know if that's something that you just get along the way, but I just always remember being that person. And as much as I talk today, I talk just as much when I was, <laughs> you know, coming up, you know, and I and I was just as bossy. And I always felt like I was the one who was going to lead and I wasn't following, you know. And so that's always been my thought process. And that's always been, um, you know, who I was. I, I could have definitely turned out to be a statistic, right? Because I think when you, when you, have experienced one of those things as a child, like the world you're counted out and forgotten about. But I think when you allow the world to set expectations for you, they start low and they stay low. It would have been easy to stay down on my knees because nobody expected me to ever stand to my feet anyway. And so it's easy to do what's easy, but it's real hard to do what's hard. And so I've never shied away from doing what's hard. And I knew that at the end of the day, I may not have, you know, all the things that the next person had to include my mother being there, my father being there, having all of this, you know, support, having all of this structure and having all of this. But I, but I also knew 
that if I could find a team of me, myself, and I, that I would be all right, right? And I've always had that thought process that you have to show up for you. Like I mentioned at the start, Tanisha is an author and poet. She told me a story about a time she woke in the middle of the night, grabbed the pad of paper she keeps on her bedside table, and started to write. The next morning, this is what she had written. It's called Out of the Darkness. I used to know this person who I talked to every day. Even when I didn't feel like talking, they somehow make a way. We talk and talk for hours, sometimes day and night. I was convinced they knew everything because they were always right. I said, I think I look good today. They said, yeah, but you're still fat. I said, I think I'm helpful. They said, yeah, but you're just a doormat. I said, I think I'm a good person. They said, yeah, but you're not kind. I said, I think I'm beautiful. They said, are you completely blind? I said, I like to serve others. They said, yeah, but you're a user. I said, I think I can do anything. They said, yeah, but you're a loser. I said, I think I'm pretty smart. They said, stop acting dumb. I said, I think I look pretty sharp today. They said, you look like a bum. I said, I think I'm deserving. They said, yeah, but you're not the best. I said, I think I'm valuable. They said, yeah, but you're still not as good as the rest. I said, I think I have a lot of heart. They said, yeah, but you're a coward. I said, I think I make the right decision. They said, yeah, but you're not empowered. Whenever I was happy, they find a way to make me sad. Whenever I felt good about myself, they somehow make me feel bad. After looking at them closer, I realized they didn't know it all. I also started to realize that they wanted to see me fall. One day I decided to ask them, why are you so mean to me? To which they replied, that's who I choose to be. After taking a second look, I started to clearly see. It was my reflection in the mirror. I realized they was me. I was my own bully. I was my own mark. I was the person who was trying to suffocate me in the dark. I was beating myself up. I became enemy number one. I had to face my inner bully. From me, I could no longer run. I decided to stand up for myself. I decided to accept me. I decided to love myself. No longer am I my enemy. I used to know this person who I talk to every day. I don't talk to them anymore because they've completely gone away. Now I know a person who I love talking to. I love everything about them. I love everything they do. I look forward to talking to this person each and every day. Yes, I still talk to myself. I just have nicer things to say. I tell myself that I'm beautiful. I tell myself that I'm smart. I tell myself that I have courage and a whole lot of heart. I tell myself that I love you, imperfections, flaws, and all. I tell myself that I'll catch you whenever you do fall. Now I treat myself like a blessing sent from up above. Now I talk to myself like I'm talking to someone I truly love. I've been, you know, abused and neglected. Um, I am the product of the foster care system, group homes, youth homes, foster families, and also, you know, the adoption system. And, you know, even after all of that, I consider myself very fortunate because I know everything that I've been through, everything that I've encountered, everything that I've experienced, all of that made me who I am today.
Thanks for joining us for another episode of CBP Cross Border Podcast, Northern Border, New York. Subscribe so you get notified when new episodes are released.